Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Tim, you're healthy enough to record, and it's a Tuesday, but the review episode is still coming at you. Yo, let me tell you something, bro. I've had one of the worst five days experiences of my life. <laughs> I have been to the bathroom like 50 times. Sounds shout a out little to ba- fun. Shout out to baby wipes. Um, I don't know quick- how people don't use baby wipes. I just got to put that out there. The fact yeah. that some people still only use toilet paper blows my mind. It saved me from the fate of uh, of like ripping myself apart. But yeah. Um, now that you've been grossed out, uh, I'm back, though. I'm ready to go. The, the moral of the story that I learned is don't eat sushi at 2.30 in the morning. Yep. I was in the music studio till 2.30 in the morning on Friday night, you know, getting get my creative juices out with my brother. And, um, oof, decided to eat something at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, Might have been helped out by some um, – I might have been substantially – influenced by that aka takira and takira who had been in my system and um let's just say the tequila makes you do bad mistakes and eating sushi at 2 30 in the morning is a bad mistake but now tim's back back in the brodo groove yeah yeah ready for the headlines bro I'm, oh, look at this. Yo, guys, yeah. I'm not in control of the soundboard today. I'm excited. Michael is. So if you have any problems, obviously you could probably tell him over the phone because I'm not trying to spread my myself to Michael right now. Um, but if there's any problems with anything, at Mike Petrop on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Mike on, underscore we... Petrop, idiot. And oh, I just clicked, uh, see, uh, I'm, such a, I'm such a noob. If you just heard... Dude, 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 dude. Because I was checking to see if the volume was up. I forgot that it would, they would hear it. <laughs> see, Michael, you, you, and you forgot to shout out the sponsors before oh. we started. Oh, shout boy. out to Thrive Fantasy, uh, the Thrive Fantasy app, um, or ThriveFantasy.com. If you want to play a brand new type of daily fantasy, go to ThriveFantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app and get your daily fantasy on in a brand new way. Uh, what are they called again? Over unders, props, props, prop bets. That's what they're called. And I'm I'm not a big gambler, but I love Thrive Fantasy. And if you go to Thrive Fantasy and deposit ten dollars after putting in the code Brodo, that's B R O T O, you get a free deposit of ten dollars for any deposit that you put in for ten dollars or more. Yep. So and also let's shout out ourselves because we because the people who sponsor us with their hard earned money, we thank you for that. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Patreon.com is where you can find everything Brodo. It is where you can find our extra episode, which we just dropped, the waiver wire episode. Michael and I and Jason say this a lot. We're really good. We're, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but we're really good at this fantasy stuff. We're really good at predicting preseason. We're really good at, at predicting weekly. But where we thrive, where we are the absolute best, and I will put ourselves against anyone out there, is the waiver wire is seeing five, six, seven weeks in advance and knowing who to pick up before everyone else picks them up. So if you want access to that, uh, visit patreon.com slash Fantasy. And for less than you pay for a cup of coffee, you can get that. 
Um, every month, too. It's not like less than a cup of coffee every day. For less than a cup of coffee every month. You know what we should do? We should do it like those animal commercials. Like, for less than 10 cents a day. Because that's what it is, right? Yeah. For less than 10 cents a day, you get that kind of information. So, holla at you, boys. Um, but now we can get to the news, Mike. You ready to drop, bro? Oh, I'm ready for the drop. And I always forget what this guy's name is, but I'll say it when his name is pronounced. <laughs> Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Ah, Don Around H. the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Donnie H. Good old Donnie H. Good old Donnie H. H. So our first story is actually not related to fantasy player-wise, but it is related to fantasy because of the residual effects the Patriots have activated Isaiah Wynn from injured reserve. That's their left tackle, their starting left tackle. Um, look, if he can come back and he could be a, a piece, like right now Marshall Newhouse plays left tackle, he's struggling, right? So if you, you put a piece there, and their offense has been really bad. Tom Brady has talked about their need for offense. You put him in there, all of a sudden their running backs look a lot better. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say more than that. But, yeah, uh, I mean, Wynn is better than who they got now on the line. And people don't realize how much of an impact one player can have on an offensive line, especially when they're used to playing with that player as a unit. Because that's how the offensive line works. They are one big unit that has to work cohesively. Otherwise, they will not be able to block the stunts and the blitzes off the corner and all that good stuff. So it certainly helps because the – uh, Patriot offense has really been abysmal for a few weeks now, man. And Tom Brady's looking every bit of his 43 years of age. I believe he's 43. And the running game isn't going. Their defense is carrying the squad. So if they end up winning the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be similar to the Peyton Manning Broncos Super Bowl squad. Let's keep it with the Patriots. This guy, Rob Gronkowski, bro, he goes and says, I have a big announcement tomorrow at 9 a.m. Everyone's waiting for his big announcement. And he releases a commercial that he's having a Super Bowl party. Yeah. Everyone thinks he's coming back. Not only that, the commercial is like the angel and the devil version of Rob Gronkowski. And the angel version is like, come back, win a championship. And the other guy's like, nah, get lit and have some fun. And then eventually, like, the devil wins. And it's just like, not only does he troll us about coming back, he troll trolls us and, like, He's like, ha-ha, you thought I was coming back. Yeah, and I don't really understand, honestly, why people even care that much. Even when he was playing last year, he was not even that good for fantasy. So he's just going to walk up off his couch and then be a beast again? I don't think so. So, yeah, that uh, was whatever. A lot of Patriots news. Antonio Brown, um, he issued an apology. This guy can't Man, get this his guy is the worst human in the world. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with him, honestly. Like, like I'm not one to spread. Like, like you're I really not. I don't like to judge people. You don't. You don't. You're really hesitant to judge people. But dude, this guy it just literally every other day either says, "You know what? Fuck all you guys," or "I'm so sorry. I'm I'm gonna be better." And then in two days, he's gonna be like, "Yo, Robert Kraft, you're the worst. I hate you." It's an. It's just going to keep happening. This dude is nuts, man. He's legitimately nuts. And 
Maybe it has to do with all the hits he's taken playing football. Maybe it's just that he's literally nuts and has always been nuts. Just he just hasn't said anything about it. But yeah, this dude is ridiculously crazy at this point. Like everything he says is like a headline now too, and it's it's ridiculous. Slow news day, so we'll end it off with uh, Doug Marone saying that Leonard Fournette touched the ball way too many times in Week 11 and that he needs to get him the ball more. Only 15 touches. He had averaged 26 touches over his last few games. Marone said, quote, I thought we needed to score points in a quicker fashion. Uh, We need to be more balanced moving forward. Believe me, I know more than anyone that a strong rushing attack will open things up in the past game. So if you're a Leonard Fournette owner and you're like, oh, no, Nick Foles is back, and you think that that this is going to be a trend that Leonard Fournette's only going to touch the ball 15 times, this is good news for you going forward. Yeah, uh, that's the thing with Leonard Fournette. Even if he doesn't find the end zone, which he hasn't this year, he's usually getting 20 to 25 carries a game, which boons his fantasy appeal. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for the news, man. There's a, I mean, there's some injury updates and things of that nature, but we'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, I mean, Mark Walton was released. Uh, he's already suspended. I don't know if you want to mention that, but, uh, yeah, Mark Walton released. And then they, that's really it for the news. Yeah, and uh, the next segment uh, we saw that coming is where we flex a little bit, give you a couple guys that we accurately predicted. So let's get into that segment. I saw that coming from a mile away. All right, Tim. Michael, man, you're doing this hosting thing really good, I must say. <laughs> I'm all you're, over you're it. You're a funny I'm guy. I'm all about it. I'm all, I'm all about it. You're a funny guy, Tim. But look, <laughs> I want you to tell me what you saw and what you were correctly predicted because sometimes we are just right on the money. Sometimes, man, this fantasy thing, just don't overthink it. And Michael Thomas... Best wide receiver in football this year versus the worst uh, pass defense in football. What happened? He went crazy. Yeah. We saw coming. A lot of people, uh, you know, they they get nervous. They start overthinking things, blah, blah, blah. They had this person over him. They had that person over him. Michael Thomas ended up being a number one wide receiver. I think the number one wide receiver on the week. Um, And it was easy to see. We all saw it coming. I saw it coming. So uh, Michael Thomas is my first we saw that coming. Yeah, uh, my first we saw that coming is someone I've been waiting for for weeks. And I was almost off the bandwagon, but I said, look, you got to give it one more shot because he's in a tremendous spot again. And it was Calvin Ridley. Eight targets, eight receptions, 143 yards and a touchdown. With Austin Hooper out, Calvin Ridley got a much larger role of the offense. And boy, did he look good doing it. Uh, caught every single target and just torched the defense play after play. So it was glorious. And now he gets Tampa Bay this week. So if you have Calvin Ridley, you're very happy because he's in. He, he goes from one great spot to an even greater spot this week against Tampa with Austin Hooper still expected to be out. Yeah. Well done, Mike. Well done. Tim, well, who's your uh, second? We saw that coming. This is I'm I'm giving you a lot of compliments today, Michael, because we saw that coming. I'm dedicating to you because you sent me your list and you didn't put him on the list, so I wanted to give you a shout out. Dawson Knox. Ah, thank you. You 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 had the <laughs> nerve. You had the nerve to say the sentence Dawson Knox weak. Like that's <laughs> even a sentence that they haven't been said in the history of life, and it actually happened. It was actually Dawson Knox weak. He was actually a tight end one. Shout out to you, Michael. Yeah. I don't know how you do I don't know how you did it, but you did it. 
He got a solid 10.5 half PPR fantasy points and found the end zone. Shout out Dawson Knox. He's the one actually performing on the field. I'm just <laughs> the one predicting it. My my second, uh, we saw that coming, is another wide receiver that I had ranked uh, higher than expert consensus ranking by a significant margin who I've liked uh, the last couple weeks is Michael Gallup, who torched the Detroit defense, put up 20 and a half half PPR fantasy points, and he didn't even find the end zone on 13 targets, went nine for 148. He's looked like an absolute stud the last couple weeks um, opposite Amari Cooper. And look, if he's going to keep getting the second corner, because Amari Cooper is well worth uh, stacking up the year best cornerback and maybe even doubling now and then, he should continue to produce. So uh, Michael Gallup, who's a great performance this week against New England, uh, simmered down a bit. I don't expect it to be the same, but going forward, Michael Gallup performed great against Detroit, and his outlook is up going uh, further into the season as well. Facts, facts. Our next uh, segment, surprise, surprise, where a couple people who we did not see coming at all because, you know, sometimes you miss out on players, and that's okay too. Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, Tim. Who is your first surprise, surprise? If you drafted this guy, you got him probably in the late second, early third round as probably your wide receiver one or wide receiver two. And after the first three weeks, you're like, not only do I have a great pick here, I might have the best wide receiver in football. Then Keenan Allen himself fell off the face of the earth. But he got so many targets that since week four, as a Keenan Allen owner, you're like, no, 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 next week is the week because he's got so many targets, it's got to be right. Well, he had another bad week, but next week is the week. Well, no, no, next week is the week. But he had 10 targets. No, next week is the week. This week was the actual week. He actually did it. He did it, people. He scored a touchdown. Holy shit. Keenan Allen actually scored a touchdown. About Can damn you time. It? About you damn time. It? Somebody say hallelujah. Give me a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Keenan Allen scored a touchdown. My God, about time. Yeah. Uh, Keenan Allen for weeks. First off, man, Philip Rivers is looking like he might be donezo pretty soon. He he can't really throw it on field anymore, man. The dude just, he, he was throwing ducks. But yeah, Keenan Allen, shout out to him. Finally putting, I mean, back-to-back performances together. He didn't find the end zone last week, but back-to-back double-digit performances, which hasn't happened since weeks two and three of this week, uh, this year. So it was nice to see him have a solid game against KC. Now going into the bye, maybe he could uh, get some rest and end the season off nicely as well. Uh, My first surprise surprise is someone who was quite the surprise surprise. Bo Scarborough um, just talked about him on the waiver wire podcast. So if you're a patron, listen there, or if you're not a patron to sign up for $3 a month and listen, and then see what our thoughts are on Bo Scarborough, but 14 rushes for 55 yards signed off the practice squad on Saturday. He's a downhill runner set to be the lead back again um, against Washington. So a great option for anyone looking to fill in a spot with an injured or an injured player or a bye week player this week. Uh, yeah, my second surprise surprise was what a double headed Steelers. The Steelers defense, who I went on the show last week and I praised endlessly. Um, the fact that they couldn't put anything together against a really bad Browns offensive line, 
and they couldn't get any sacks. They couldn't get any turnovers. They couldn't get anything done. Um, a lot of it had to do with the fact that Mason Rudolph was playing so terribly, and they were defending short fields almost the whole game. Um, and also James Conner, man. I was expecting a, such a big week out of James Conner. I have a lot of James Conner stock. I actually acquired James Conner in a couple leagues, um, anticipating, trying to get him on the cheap, anticipating a return and an easy schedule. Uh that did not work out. And, I mean, to, I think the, the most – the worst part about all of it is that, like, if you were like me and you had James Conner and the Steelers defense starting, you had to go into your week. You had to just sit there and look for three days at 2.1 points for James Conner and one point for Steelers defense. And you had to just stare at that in your lineup, knowing that the rest of your lineup is going to have to – do something remarkable for you to even have a chance to win. So I think my surprise was like how ineffective the Steelers were in general against a Browns team that has not only been susceptible to sacks and the Steelers have been sacking people left and right, um, but also uh, that running back situation, man. And Jalen Samuels ended up having a good game, except probably no one started him because why would you when James Conner's back? Yeah. Uh, pretty hilarious that you chose a defense because my – Second and last one here is the surprise is the mo fucking Atlanta Falcons defense. What the hell's going on with them? You know what's going on with them, Tim? Dan Quinn decided I've had enough of calling the defense because we're terrible two weeks ago. And since then, they've been the best defense in the league. Yeah. Just think about that as Dan Quinn for a second. You must think, damn, I was really doing a really awful job. But... Maybe. It's hard to be a coordinator and a head coach at the same time. Yeah, but now their defense is firing on all levels. They do not even look like an automatic start anymore against, which is crazy because they were the easiest start for any team. And now Tampa Bay going against Atlanta, usually this would be like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yes, Jameis Winston, yes. But the way they've played the last couple of weeks, you do have to at least be a little more cautious than you'd like with those guys because if this was three weeks ago you'd be licking your chops now it's more along the lines of can Atlanta's defense be for real and Atlanta's defense is likely a play this week as well against Tampa Bay since Tampa Bay turns the ball over so much Jameis Winston looked like a high school quarterback I mean in his last game when doesn't he it's crazy like the decisions he makes he looks like he gets nervous like a second and a half before there's even pressure around him yeah it's crazy. It's pretty rough. Yeah, those are our uh, surprises. Now going into our stock rising segment. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Tim, we are looking at a grand slam home run. Who's your first stock rising for this week i got a pair of jets to start off my first jet Ooh. is sam sam darnold look we mentioned many times before like if you look at the jets team right if you just look at it as a whole their roster is the type of roster that is going to beat teams that are worse than them and struggle against teams that are better than them like they're not a, they're not full of talent where they can overcome uh, these teams that are stacked or, or have great coaches, but they're talented enough and have good enough coaching to beat bad teams. 
they are on a string now where they are facing bad teams. And the Raiders next week, yes, the Raiders are 6-5, and five, but I was very underwhelmed at their performance versus Cincinnati. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, the Raiders are coming, the Raiders are coming. They barely squeaked out a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. So when you're talking about the Raiders, they're on that list, too, of one of the easier teams in terms of going against defenses. And Sam Darnold, a lot of people don't, can't, don't remember this. Last, when he started last year, he was the youngest quarterback in NFL history to start a game. This se- uh, next season, he's going to be younger than the anticipated number one pick in the upcoming draft, Joe Burrow from LSU. He is younger than him. He is going to be younger than him when he starts his first game. So when you look at it that way, you got to realize that Sam Darnold will make young mistakes. He will turn the ball over a little bit. But it also means that he will get stronger as the year goes on. He will learn from his mistakes and he will mature as the year goes on. The combination of Darnold maturing plus the easier schedule, I think that Sam Darnold is a quarterback where, let's say if you had a guy like Josh Allen, right? You got a guy like Josh Allen, and he had a really easy schedule, but now he has a really hard schedule coming up. If you want to keep Darnold on your bench and pivot if Allen starts to struggle, then I wouldn't blame you because I think it's a really good pivot, and I think that if you're struggling at quarterback, if you're one of those teams that's been streaming quarterbacks all year, I think you may have a situation where you found your quarterback for the next three, four weeks in Sam Darnold. Yeah, uh, he's been glorious the last couple weeks. Basically what we expected out of Sam Darnold, which is why we loved him as a sleeper QB this year. But, you know, then the whole mono thing happened. And now he's the last couple of weeks, he's really started to show his potential because Washington, as bad as the team that they are, their defense has actually been middle of the pack this season. It's been a decent defense. Their main concerns are uh, is their offense because Dwayne Haskins has been so bad and they can't really move the ball. But yeah, I agree. Sam Darnold's stock is definitely up. Yeah, and just one one last thing to to add to that, uh, like you said, he when he got mono and he went down, like you cannot you cannot count the Jets' wins and losses in those games. Like I know it's I know it's it might be you know taboo to say, but that was not the real team that was playing. It was a team with a guy who couldn't make an XFL roster. So like when you're talking about their struggles during that time, you can't hold the Jets' offensive struggles against them at that time. But if you look at the games that Donald has played, yes, he's had two really ugly games. But besides those two really ugly games, he's put together a strong body of work this season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my first stock up, Devontae Parker. Dude, Devontae Parker has been one of the best late-round picks, unbelievably, that you could have drafted this year. Besides the donut against New England, week two, he's put up nine. This is half PPR fantasy points. Nine, 7.1, 15, 10 and a half, 14, 9, 14, 9 and a half, 18. This dude is ridiculously consistent and he comes with a nice ceiling of 15 to 18 points. Buffalo against Tredavious White, seven for 135 last week, which is just incredible. He gets Cleveland this week, which has not been the kindest to opposing wide receivers, but it's not a terrible matchup. Then Philly, the Jets, and the Giants, weeks 13 through 15, and Cincinnati, week 16. This is one of the best schedules you could have going down uh, the rest of the way for Devontae Parker, and he's been a stud the last few weeks. So if you're a Devontae Parker owner, you're very excited about this, and his stock is way up from 
what it once was, especially that 7-135 line against Tredavious White is impressive work. Yeah, I mean, factorials. So who is your uh, second stock rising? I'm going with another Jet, and it's Ryan Griffin at the tight end position. Listen, I know we might disagree on this, but let's look at since week six. Yes, he's had two games where he has completely shit the bed. Now, one of those was against New England where Sam Darnold couldn't complete a pass. So I'm going to scratch that game, all right? Now, I know you can't just scratch that game, but the Jets aren't playing anything close to New England's defense in the next few games. So I'm going to go ahead and scratch that game. Sue me if you don't like it. So let's scratch that game. Since week six, he's put up 10.3, and 20.4. This is a guy that's put up tremendous numbers since Sam Darnold has been back. And we know that Sam Darnold loves to target the tight end. That's why so many people loved Chris Herndon coming into the season. Well, Chris Herndon is now out with a hamstring injury, and Ryan Griffin is building a real rapport with Sam Darnold. He has shown an ability to get open in the end zone. He's shown an ability to get open in the middle of the field. And Sam Darnold is looking for him downfield. As you said uh, in the Patreon episode, Ron, Ron, uh, Robbie Anderson may have caught the touchdown last week, but that was his only reception, right? Jamison Crowder catches look what seems like 20 balls a game, but there's only so many times you could throw to Jamison Crowder. And this offense, although Le'Veon Bell gets a few touches out of the backfield, is not the type to throw it out of the backfield a lot. So where do those targets go? They go to Ryan Griffin. Uh, And Ryan Griffin has been gobbling them up and making good moves after the catch. He's been getting a lot of yak. Uh, He's not the fastest dude in the world, but he is kind of quick. Like, he has been, like, shaking a couple people. He has really good presence of his space on the field. So I just think Ryan Griffin, he, look, the the Texans don't know how to use tight ends. That is uh, clear. They've had a bunch of tight ends uh, that they've misused over the years uh, that could have been more, like, and maybe Ryan Griffin was one of those guys. And the same reasons why we like Chris Herndon coming into the year is why I like Ryan Griffin now. Yeah, if Chris Herndon was healthy this year, man, he could have had a huge season. If Ryan Griffin's able to do this, which is keep that in mind going into next season. Uh, You can probably get him pretty cheap. But uh, my next uh, stock up, I was going to go with uh, Jonathan Williams, but now that Jordan Wilkins, uh, he practiced in a limited fashion today, so it's it's looking like Jordan Wilkins is going to return this week, so then Jonathan Williams has not become a plug-and-play, so his stock kind of remains kind of blessed. So I'm, ch- I'm switching it over to Daryl Williams because Damian Williams uh, left the game with a rib injury. Uh, the pro football doc on Twitter compared it to the Emmanuel Sanders and Julian Edelman injuries. So... For a running back, I bet that's not great because they're getting hit in their chest pretty often. And LaShawn McCoy left the game with a concussion, a concussion symptom, so we don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna play out. So if you pick up Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams is my stock up because if you get Daryl Williams and McCoy and D will end up being out for extended periods of time, you just picked up the absolute only Chiefs running back option because Darwin Thompson has not really done anything at all this season for free. Yo, shout out to those people who said Darwin Thompson is a sleeper and he's going to win the job in Kansas City. Um, that was a great call, all you fantasy quote-unquote experts. Yeah, and uh, then, great. you know, there's a bunch of them who one person says it, then they're all like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Then they all say it and then they all look dumb. Yeah, the consensus. 
the fantasy consensus, the only thing you don't want to listen to. Um, that's my that's my motto in life. If everyone agrees on something, then it's definitely wrong. Um, all right, my third one, dude, another guy that you have been waiting for all season. You've probably got him at what you thought was a deal. Uh, like, oh man, I got a steal in the second round or the third round. That's Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's stock is up because guess what? They gave that dude 25 carries, and he got targeted. How many times did he get targeted? Uh, He caught three passes on three targets. What? 28 touches? Yeah, 25 rush attempts was nuts. Yo, that's what I'm trying to see, man. And if if the Rams' plan was to keep Todd Gurley fresh for the end of the season, then guess what? The plan is coming to fruition because you have two teams in your division that are bombs, right? You got the Seahawks and you got the 49ers. Both these teams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. So the Rams see this and coming out of their bye week, they're like, all right, we got to do something. And what did they do? They leaned on Todd Gurley. They leaned on him hard and 25 carries, three targets, 28 touches overall. Look, even if Todd Gurley is not the guy that he once was, and there is a good, there's a good evidence that he's not, he's still a guy that if you give him 25 touches, he's going to give you a fantasy viable game. And he gave you a fantasy viable game this week, and I think he's going to continue doing that. Let's not forget he did this against the Chicago Bears defense. The Chicago Bears defense has been extremely good for a couple years now. So I love it. I think Todd Gurley's stock is rising, finally. Yeah, it was nice to see, especially they needed to lean on him, and they did, which is what you want to see now that it's the stretch run and they're actually struggling and are going to need Todd Gurley to get into the playoffs. And this could have waves, too, because Jared Goff, I've been telling people, everyone that I know, that I think he sucks. Even when he was in the MVP discussions, I still thought he sucked. But there is one thing he excels at, and that's the play-action passing game. And the dude can throw a play-action pass. And they could have a ripple effect on that whole entire offense if Todd Gurley is this involved still. So, man, all of a sudden I'm a little – this might be a little premature, but I'm a little bit reinvigorated about this Rams offense. Like just a tad. We'll see. You know what I mean? Like like half Chubb. We'll see, Like a half Chubb. A half Nick Chubb? Uh, Like a half Chubb. My final stock up – DJ Shark, do, 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 do. Dude. Yo, I was gonna, I was gonna put him on mine. Week one with Nick Foles, he went four for one forty six and a touchdown. Week eleven with Nick Foles on fifteen targets, eight for one hundred four and two touchdowns. Everyone Love was it. saying Nick Foles is coming back. DD Westbrook time, absolutely not. DD Westbrook was an afterthought. It was still the DJ Shark show. DJ Shark is an absolute animal. The dude is fast, tall, and just could could beat anyone at this point. And he has a tremendous uh, schedule going the rest of the way, too. So DJ Chark is looking like he could be a top 15 wide receiver the rest of the way. He's been a, a revelation this season. As one of those people who was on on the bandwagon of when Nick Foles comes back, it'll probably be more D.D. Westbrook and less Chark. I could say that if I'm a DJ Chark owner, I am so happy to see 15 targets. Because, I mean, like we said in the news segment, this is probably not going to be the case on all the Jaguars games. Like, they're probably not going to throw as much as they did last game. But 
15 targets, even if you cut that in half, it's still eight targets. Yeah. Like it, you're still getting a good amount of targets for DJ Chark. So if this 15 targets is a is a great sign, a great sign. Yeah. Um yeah, that's you don't have any more stock rising, right? Oh man, Jess just said mini equals Minneapolis. Minneapolis? Interesting. Mini Yeah, yeah, that's right. If, if you don't a know, patron from if you our Discord uh, chat. If, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're not. A, you got to be a patron. Oh yeah, Patre- some people Patre- are absolutely lost right now. Yeah, Patreon.com/slash/BrotoFantasy. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, let's go into our last segment because, like Timmy always says, we like to end on a depressing note. Stock <laughs> down. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. Yo, maybe uh, for the playoffs, we should switch it. You know, just get a nice boost going into the playoffs. Stock falling, then stock rising. Nah, because we're Mets, Jets, and Knicks fans, so we our sports endeavors always end negatively. Yep, true. My bad. <laughs> we gotta keep. Second. We gotta keep. We gotta keep that going. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna start this one actually, Tim, because my first stock falling is someone I just have to say his name, and that'll probably be about it. David Johnson. Oh man, what the hell's going the on? The fall man, from bro? grace. Look, I David Johnson was my number one um, avoid in the first round this year. So first off, totally nailed it. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, holy moly, the fall from grace is just outstanding. Um, outstanding in a bad way. It's unbelievable, really. He just did not touch the ball and played like seven snaps, I think, last week. It was the Kenny and Drake show again, and he was supposedly healthy, but he's clearly not. I don't know what's going on with him. He's just at this point, I don't see why you can't just like drop him from your roster. It's Whoa. been weeks literally weeks since he's been a viable option and there's not a single way you could put him in your lineup with any sort of confidence like if you're a dj owner and you started the season hot like five and one and now you're like six and four struggling to stay in the playoffs and you need to get rid of david johnson to add someone for this week i would not hate that idea and not for nothing bye week coming up when he comes back he gets the Rams in Pittsburgh, who are both top 10 uh, defenses and fantasy points he gets to the running back. Chase Edmonds should be coming back, who it's had just, a role, too. It's just not a good outlook for DJ. And, you know, DJ, I love you forever. You won me a championship a few years back. But, dude, man, it's – it's. look, there was that one run that kept circulating on Twitter that, I mean, we saw it live as well. Yeah. And we looked at each other like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. And he just doesn't look like himself. But it begs the question, like, why not deactivate him? Why not get him healthy? Why have him active at all? He played five snaps last game. Yeah, it's so strange, man. I don't know For, what Cliff Kingsbury's doing with him. I mean, is it is it just a young, inexperienced head coach doing young, inexperienced things? Is it the fact that... David Johnson is refusing to get help and he's thinks he's healthy or is it the worst case scenario that David Johnson is just not himself. The injury has sapped him of his talent. And you know, we can't tell you it's, it would be all speculation at this point, but I mean, the reason I was fading DJ coming into the season, this dude had a monster 2016. 
2017 was hurt. 2018 was super underwhelming, and everyone just blamed the offense. Like, at some point, this dude has not been the same guy for over two years. Yes, he's the offense around him sucked last year, but he also did not look good. And people were just assuming this new offense, where this air raid offense that's so successful in college, where they use receivers, not running backs, that he was just going to be this huge asset for that team. And it's just been a ridiculous fall from grace for David Johnson. Ready for my hot prediction, Michael? Hit me. Cardinals trade David Johnson for a third or fourth round pick to, ready for this, drum roll, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this offseason to reunite him with Bruce Arians, where Bruce Arians resurrects his career, and he goes for another 1500 all-purpose next season. That would be quite something. I'm calling it now. You heard it here first, kids. I'd be surprised if they even got a third or fourth for him, honestly, but... At this point, with the way things are going. But That's yeah. true. Maybe a fifth. Who's your uh, first stock falling? This one hurts me because I have a lot of stock in this guy. I traded for him. Traded Marvin Jones for him in one league, which was... It's hard because Marvin Jones has been fantastic. Yeah, he's been great recently. Tevin Coleman, man. Hmm. And the reason Tevin Coleman... because Not because his, his role has changed. His role has stayed exactly the same. It's because he's been ineffective as a player. 24 attempts in the red zone. That's top 15 in the NFL. 12 attempts from inside the 10. That's top 10 in the NFL. And he only has four touchdowns. Three of those touchdowns came in the same week. Five touchdowns on the season overall rushing. Last week, 12 rushes for 14 yards. There's going to be a point where where they're not going to be able to hand him the ball on the goal line anymore. Because I've, I've been... look. I have him on a bunch of teams. So not only do I watch him with a watchful eye because I watch everyone with a watchful eye, I actively root for Tevin Coleman when the 49ers on the goal line. I stand up and I'm like, come on, Tevin. Like, I I have that much shares of him. And he gets the ball and he goes a yard or he goes a half a yard. And he doesn't break any tackles and he doesn't go through anyone. And I don't know, man. It's just, it's a bad situation because he's not a true goal line guy. And he's being given these goal line carries. And although it, you know, it might seem like a good situation for fantasy, I personally thought that it was going to be a great situation for his fantasy numbers. It ends up that in actuality, he's just not fitted for the role. So unless he turns it around and finds a way to get into that end zone, and you could see it, the 49ers have been straying away from giving him the ball in the end zone. They've been, they've been opting to pass more. And Jimmy G's numbers have been getting better because they've been passing more in the red zone the last three games. And that's because when they hand it off, it's been ineffective. And a lot of that is because of Tevin Coleman. And there's no reason to really think that their passing numbers should be more in, in the red zone now with George Kittle out. You would expect that your tight end is out. They're going to run the ball in the red zone more. But it hasn't been that way. And Jimmy G has been doing better. And Tevin Coleman has not been. So Tevin Coleman's in my stock down right now. Yeah, they kind of forgot how to pass. I mean, excuse me, run the last few weeks. And it's been it's, a little concerning. It's, it's so odd. They went from such a run-heavy offense to such a pass-heavy offense with no real explanation as to why, except the fact that Tevin Coleman and the rest of the running backs have been less effective than they were previously. Yeah, it's it hasn't been good for the running backs. Even Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert have not had even flex-worthy games the last couple of weeks. 
And uh, even even last week they got they had the they had a running back score the game winning touchdown, but that running back was Jeff Wilson, and it was I think his only touch of the game, and no one was starting him. That was completely unfantasy. Yeah. It had no fantasy ramifications except for Jimmy G. Like a twenty five yard receiving touchdown. Yeah. Uh my my second stock down. This might be the only one that's even a little more hilarious than David Johnson. It's OJ Howard. Man. The play his dude dropped a pass. I don't know if you've probably seen it already. If you haven't, he dropped a pass, but he didn't just drop it. He bobbled it, like transferred it over to his back, still trying to come down with it, and then hit it like up off his back, and it got intercepted. And then he was basically just benched the rest of the way, and Cameron Brait saw 14 targets and had 10 receptions for 85 yards. Oof. Just ridiculously rough. He ended with a donut, and Cameron Brait just took his role after that drop. And at this point, just, just to get rid of O.J. Howard, if you still have him, I cut him weeks ago from the team that I drafted him in. You can't. It's week, what, week 12 now. You can't take uh, draft capital into account anymore it's just just cut oj howard and move forward yeah i mean if he's still on your team it's time to go buddy yep um my stock down not that his stock was really ever up was james white and you know why james white is my stock down he didn't reach his threshold he finally did it michael he scored outside of his range so disappointing I know. I really wanted him to just be in that range all year just so we could talk about him being the most consistent fantasy player of all time. Yeah, I checked but, today, and I was like, no. Yeah, he put up 7.6 points, uh, seven targets, four receptions, 16 yards, a two-point conversion, five rushing attempts for 20 yards. So he did have a good rushing day, better rushing day than he usually has. But that whole New England offense was stymied by, the, the, by Philly, and usually James White, you could count him to get – in between, if you haven't listened to us, uh, this show, you know that uh, you, you, if you have listened to us, you know that James White has scored in between nine and 10.7 points the entire season. He has had a 1.7 margin of scoring weeks one through weeks eight, and then week nine, he scored 15.4, but that's six points for a touchdown. So if you take away the touchdown, he was still in that margin. This is his first week that he was not in the margin. So I think the the James White stock down just because um, now you can't accurately predict his exact score anymore. You have to. He's kind of a wild card again. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> so I was sad. I was really hoping for that man. I mean, he did have a lot of time to go to complete that whole uh, the whole season of those points, but <sighs> sad day in the James White. <laughs> consistency um game but yeah my my final stock down someone who has scored single digits in five of his last six games excuse me four of his last five games including a donut after being the best receiver in the league prior cooper cup Cooper Cup against San Fran went four for 17. First bad game, and you're like, damn, against San Fran, that sucks. Against Atlanta, who you'd expect him to torch, he went six for 50. You're like, eight points. Eh. Went off against Cincy, seven for 220 and a touchdown. You're like, yeah, that's a Cooper Cup I know and love. Gets entirely shut out against Pittsburgh on four targets, and then goes three for 53 against Chicago on only three targets 
in a game that didn't have Brandon Cooks or Robert Woods. I know they ran the ball a ton, but even Gerald Everett only played 14 snaps because of a wrist injury. And he ended with 6.8 points. He gets Baltimore this week, who has been way better than they were since uh, prior to getting Marcus Peters. They've been a shutdown defense since then. Weeks 15 and 16, the semis in the championship, they get Dallas and San Fran, which is two very difficult matchups. And he's been on a downwards trend for a few weeks now. And his stock is definitely down because he's no longer that top that top five shoe-in wide receiver that he once was. He has some bust potential that he was not showing early on in the season. Michael, let me ask you a question. Hit me. Right now, if I had to if you had to ask you who's the worst quarterback starting in the league, who would you say? Are you asking me this like a trick question? No, I'm not. Like actual starting or someone who's like filling in? Because someone if it's who's, like someone who's been starting all year, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna say Mitch Trubisky. No, starting right at this exact moment. Uh either Ryan Finley or Mason Rudolph, probably. Or Dwayne the Haskins. The answer is Ryan Finley. And that's why my stock down is Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd had one catch for zero yards. Holy moly. Game. I didn't know one, it was that bad. Jeez Louise. One catch for zero yards. Now, he had a 10-yard rush, if that makes you feel any better. But the dude, look, it's hard to trust anyone who's getting thrown the ball by Ryan Finley, uh, especially Ryan Finley standing behind the worst offensive line in football. One of the worst offensive lines in the history of football. Like... You got to remember, like, this offensive line was so bad last year that when they traded for Cordy Glenn, who was the struggling left tackle from the Bills, they were going crazy because they thought it was an upgrade. Like, that's how bad that offensive line was, and it just got worse over the offseason. They're struggling to the point of no return, and they play Pittsburgh this week, who I told you already – has a oh man, that's glorious for anyone. It's glorious for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh defense. Yeah. Yes, defense. but it is not glorious for Tyler Boyd owners. Um, I saw his name being. I, look, I respect the fantasy footballers tremendously. They're the reasons why I got into the podcast game. Shout out to those guys, the fantasy footballers. Um, and I was listening to their waiver wire episode today, and they said you could drop Tyler Boyd. I'm not gonna go that far because. I mean, he still has over nine points in two of his last three games So with Ryan Finley. So I'm not going that far to to say that drop him. But it's getting to the point now where it's he has such a low floor that it's going to be impossible to trust him in any sort of way. Yeah, very disappointing. Tyler Boyd was one of my preseason misses. Uh, this year, I just I didn't expect the Cincinnati offense to be this ridiculously terrible, and I did yeah. not expect Andy Dalton to lose his job to Ryan Finley halfway through because they were so terrible. So, yeah, it's tough to trust any of those wide receivers right now. The if AJ Green, like, there's no reason for him to come back either. So, I mean, if he does come back, maybe it helps open some space up for Boyd. But I doubt AJ Green even returns. That wouldn't really make any sense. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I don't think AJ. I, like I said a couple a couple of shows ago, I would be completely shocked if AJ Green plays a snap this year. Yeah, and that's the review episode, folks. On a Tuesday, the club's going up today. Tim. Oh wow, you're that was the whitest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, there's a lot of white things in this world. That was the whitest. I mean, you put the me club's in charge. Going up. 
The club's going up, folks. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> when does the club go up, Tim? The see, it's even getting it's getting whiter by the second. On a Tuesday. <laughs> so white. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um Thrive. <laughs> um check out Thrive app or thrivefantasy.com. Code Brodo, ten dollar or more deposit will get you a free ten dollars. It's winding down on the football season. We've all made money and not lost money. Everyone we've the patrons who've spoken to us about Thrive have all won money. So this has not been a losing ordeal for anyone. So if you haven't yet, there's a few people because you know they keep us updated. There's a a good amount of people who have downloaded the app and put in the code and are yet and have yet to deposit. Just give it a shot, man. Do it once and. We had someone who won 400 bucks the first time playing. So, yeah, uh, go check that out. Find me. Tim, where can they find you? Michael, you're doing a great job. Uh, at Tim Patrava on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real. Frisky. Frisky. You can find me at Mike underscore Patrop, Jason at Jason Patrop, our special guest, uh, who will be on tomorrow's episode. Uh, Brodo at Brodo Fantasy, of course. BrotoFantasy.com for true throw values podcast rankings and all that good stuff true throw values will be updated and posted either late tonight or tomorrow night either way it'll be updated before the game start this week so check out the waiver wire podcast if you haven't yet broto fantasy patreon.com slash broto fantasy and thank you all for the support and tomorrow we will be coming at you with our preview episode episodes (laughs) they grow grow up so fast damn tim you you're i'm so proud you said I'm white. I'm so proud of you, Michael. You done? You done, guy? <laughs> I'm done. All right. <laughs> Later. Peace out, everybody.